This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. Almost everyone out there is hoping that there's some kind of return to normal by August, September. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello and happy Monday. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Mike Lynch. Well, we're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to explore the big money issues in the world of sports, talk to some of the biggest players in the industry, but the we is back to normal today. We're so happy that Michael Barr is back. He was last with us on June 3rd, and Michael Barr, it's kind of been a bit of a month, man. Like, you picked an interesting uh, time because the world has changed pretty dramatically. We'll tell you what happened, but what do you think happened? Well, I, I got to tell you, it, I, just really, I had a surgery. I had to have a surgery on my back spine, at the spinal cord, you know, how the disc they get in there, and you had to have all that surgery, blah, 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 blah. And, yes, you're, you're medicated sometimes, and I'm hearing the news. And Cam Newton's going to the Patriots. What? What What the heck happened? What is yeah. going on here? <laughs> and But you know what? That For him – I be, that's going to be a renewed resurgence in his career because I think Belichick is going to do wonders now with the Patriots in the post-era Brady. I, that one caught me off guard. I didn't see that coming. So, Lynchy, all right. So, he just, I mean, he just teed that one up for you right there. I mean, of all the things going on in the world, this is where Michael Barr starts. So, pick that up. I mean, what, what do you think? We haven't actually had a chance to talk about Cam Newton. We haven't, and uh, all everything seems to come back to Boston for some particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and I can see what you guys are saying now. Here they go. They got a chance, another <laughs> chance at a Super Bowl. The rich get richer. You know, they just couldn't struggle with Jared Stidham. They had to bring in Cam Newton. I tell you what, it's, it's got people really – when Tom Brady went to Tampa, everything he did down there was on every talk show up here – uh, in the Boston Globe every day, the picture of him working out, the, their new uniforms. But the minute they signed Cam Newton, all the focus has been back on the Patriots. Yeah. People have s- sort of cut the cord with Tom and said, see you later, Tom. Have a nice career down there. We've got Cam Newton, and there now is hope again back here in Foxborough when there was nothing but a question mark with Jared Stidham going in, uh, a, a, attempted all the four passes last year in his rookie year and a great deal of uncertainty. So I think you're right. Uh, not only Belichick, but Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, is a very creative guy and caters the offense to the strengths of his quarterback. He never made Tom Brady do anything Tom Brady was incapable of doing, and I think he'll do the same thing with Cam Newton. It's a big deal. I mean, for sure, and it completely changes, it feels like, the calculus that everybody was going into to the favor of the Patriots. You're exactly right, Lynchy. I mean, it, it it's just amazing. All right, so Michael Barr, Cam Newton notwithstanding, what else were you seeing? And granted, you were – literally on your back uh, for a bit. But I, I just wonder what it was like to kind of watch all this, not being sort of in the news flow like you normally are, like doing news reports all day long. Well, one story, obviously, that, that popped in my head 
Uh, and as you know, I'm a racing fan. I'm a, I'm a huge NASCAR fan. And obviously, the Bubba Wallace story yeah. was another thing that was very mm-hmm. prominent out there in the news. Uh, and it still is prominent because the, the president uh, made a tweet today about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat what the tweet was and uh, what the president said. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, he said, uh, has Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax. That and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. Hmm. That is the president's tweet. Right. Let me state this first of all. Bubba Wallace never knew about the noose part of it until somebody found that in the garage which it turned out to be part of a rope that snapped off, I guess, from the garage from uh, last year uh, at Talladega. And then their people were, you know, someone hired an airplane and, and flew the Confederate flag over that, this and that, whatever. The problem here is, first of all, NASCAR, yes, there have been problems with the ratings. But, you know, it's, yes, and people say the Confederate flag has been part of the sport for years and this and that, whatever. But things evolve. Yeah. Things change. You know, it, it's like, I'm sorry, toothpaste used to taste bad. <laughs> now it's not bad anymore, some brands. Things are going to evolve, and, and people need to realize that in order for this sport to continue. Uh, I'm just going to leave the the tweet from the president out there, and you all say whatever you all think out there. So I'm going to leave it at that part. So I do want to ask you, Michael, because we haven't had a chance to talk to you about Bubba Wallace. I mean, I I do wonder, setting the president aside for a second, I mean, what does it say to you as a diehard racing fan in general about the state of the sport the state of the owners, the state of the drivers, the state of the fans. Like, what's your takeaway at, at this point? I got to be honest. Uh, NASCAR has some issues. And yeah. especially now that Jimmy Johnson tested positive for COVID-19, he missed the Brickyard 400 because of that. Uh, and and this is what I worry about. I mean, I mean obviously, he's not the only athlete to test positive in other sports. We've having this problem in baseball uh, as well, but uh, we're already in a in a sport where there are no fans out there in the stands, and you would think because the drivers are in a cocoon, if you will, blasting at 200 miles an hour, that they'll be okay. Obviously, they're not. So it makes me wonder not only about NASCAR going forward. But any sport going forward, yeah. what's going to happen now with baseball? We, we're, we're all talking about, yes, we're going to have a, a fantasy draft all set with baseball. I'm not so sure we're going to have baseball or football for that matter. Yeah. Lynchy, what's your read now? I mean, it, it's, a, it's an interesting past week and troubling past week, to say the least, when it comes to sports restarting and, and Michael Barr teed it up perfectly for us to, to talk about that because I think two weeks ago on this program and elsewhere, 
we were all probably having conversations about like, okay, feel pretty good about this, feel good about the NBA, MLS. You know, we had baseball come to a forced agreement that was painful to say the least, but they got there. And now it feels like everything's in question. Well, we, we all agreed that of the four major sports that baseball probably had the best chance of, uh, of succeeding and completing its season because of the natural spacing of, of positional players. And the only players that came in close contact with each other were the umpire and the catcher and the batter. But now that we are learning that a lot of key players are opting out of the season, most recently yeah. David Price, who's forfeiting $11.4 million, by the way, to, uh, to not play this year. And baseball, the players refused to be in a bubble like the NBA and like uh, Major League Soccer and like the National Hockey League. They said, nope, we're not going to do that. We're not staying in hotels and home games. We're all going to stay in our apartments, our houses, our condos. And that, I think, will be the ultimate downfall to baseball because some of these guys will go places in a crowd, in a restaurant, uh, in a club, and someone's going to come down with it, and someone's going to walk into a clubhouse, and it's just going to spread throughout the clubhouse. And I think that is going to be the, uh, the, the end of baseball when that happens because these guys just cannot, cannot control themselves. They can't police themselves. You know, a 21-year-old kid that's, you know, in, in New York City is going to go back to his little three-room apartment with his peanut butter and jelly sandwich every right. night. I don't think so. I don't think so. So yeah. I think that's, that's going to be the, the, the doom for baseball. Well, and, and Barr, I'm worried about the NBA at this point, which I felt like had set the best example and was the most cohesive and drama-free. But even, even that feels a little bit – I mean, listen, maybe they get going, and I think the, the key is going to be what happens the first time someone in the bubble tests positive. Like, what's the reaction? I don't, I don't think we really know yet, and we won't know until it actually happens. Well, we were all happy as a clam. It's like, hey, you know what? NBA, they're going to play it all down in Florida. Well, right. now guess what? Florida now is exploding with coronavirus cases. And and like you said, Mike, is all it's going to take is one guy to go out there and I, I got to go party wherever, and then we've got a major problem on our hands. And it, it, just wonder if we can even pull this off. If we have to go north of the border, do we have yeah. to uh, go in Canada and play some of these? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and and obviously, and we were all excitedly talking about Cam Newton, but I mean, Lynchy, it's possible that Cam Newton doesn't see a pro football field or anybody <laughs> sees a pro football field this year. This is the one that has me scratching my head because football is 22 people on the field and outside of the quarterback, if he doesn't get sacked and maybe the two safeties, you know, you got 18 and 19 other people that are just wrestling with each other on every single play. They're sweating on each other. They're breathing on each other. They're spitting on each other. And I just that's don't just see how... That's just at the we... uh, concession stand. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's bad. I'm sorry. That's... I'm sorry. That was out of bounds. Okay, go ahead. You're right about that. <laughs> um, so I don't see how football is going to work. Now... Granted, f football has been, the, timing-wise, when this thing broke in March, football was uh, the one sport that wasn't directly impacted. Uh, pretty soon, 
training camps are going to open at the end of this month. They're scheduled to open. They already want to cut two. Uh, they've already canceled the Hall of Fame game. Right. Uh, they're going to cancel two of the four preseason games. Now the Players Association wants all the preseason games canceled. And I think that the, that, that the National Football League is just silently hoping for a vaccine to pop up by September 10th so they can go ahead and play. Otherwise, they're going to have to pull the plug. I see no way that football can possibly be played at any level, NFL, college, high school, Pop Warner. It's just can't. It's just it's just too the contact is too intimate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. I mean, it, it, I think you're exactly right that that football, uh, pun intended, has just been sort of punting all along in the sense that they didn't have to make a whole lot of decisions and they've sort of been chip chip chipping away at it. I mean, I think they're watching very closely what's going on with some of the uh, college football programs, the big time college football programs. They've seen, you know, whether it's Clemson or Alabama or other. Uh, students come back, student athletes come back, and some of whom have tested positive, then you have these situations where the exact scenario you described, Lynchy, where a couple players go out, they hang out at a club because they're, you know, 18, 19 year old kids, and then all of a sudden it spreads. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm having a really hard time. I mean, I think especially over the last week or so, watching this huge surge in cases down uh, in the south and south and, and into the west I, I just don't see I just don't see how it happens unless there is some as you say some miraculous thing that happens medically or it all of a sudden slows down I, I have a hard time uh, seeing how that happens so for the final topic I have to ask you guys about the long awaited long asked for by many uh, discussions and seemingly name change that is going to happen almost certainly in Washington when it comes to the pro football team and potentially in Cleveland with the Major League Baseball team. Let's start with the Redskins because, you know, Dan Snyder, let's just say it, not beloved, I think it's fair to say, um, among just about anyone. Uh, and he famously said they will net, this was a few years ago, Never, and he said, and you can all caps that, will we change our name? Well, that's going to happen. Uh, was this inevitable given what's been going on in the world bar? Yeah, uh, especially now. Yeah. And it's it, part of the problem, and, and I'm going to be fair to, to Mr. Snyder, there's a lot of money in, in the rights to the name, the Washington Redskins, with jerseys and, and all the merchandise. There's a heck of a lot of money involved in that, and I get that part. But, again, it's like I was saying earlier, things evolve. There's a reason yeah. why there's not a team called the Washington Bullets anymore. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 things are going to change. We've hit that time. It's the same time, I believe, with the Cleveland Indians. I think I think it's time that that's going to happen. Now, the Braves are – they're kind of like, well, we haven't thought of anything about that yet. Uh, but I, I think it's all going to happen, especially for the Redskins. I mean, the interesting thing to pick up on something you said, Barr, it, you know, Lynchy, Michael mentioned money that was behind mm -hmm. it. Money is ultimately what's making this happen. I mean, the, the sponsors pulling out or saying that we're going to pull out or at least putting pressure on Dan Snyder. 
that's uh, this is economics, I think. I mean, not to be too cynical, but and yes, there's a cultural moment, and yes, there's political pressure, but there's been cultural and political pressure for a long time. Never have you had FedEx and other big companies say, mm, we're not so sure about this. Yeah, Pepsi's on board, Nike's on board. Uh, the franchise is valued at $3.4 billion, which is, I think, number six or number seven in the National Football League. Money talks, uh, and uh, three mi minority owners right now all want out. They want to uh, uh, divest themselves of the 40% uh, they own of the Washington Redskins. And the timing right now, this is sort of the perfect storm in terms of a name change for the Washington Redskins and for the Cleveland Indians as well. They've been the Redskins since 1933. The Indians have had their moniker since 1915, but it's 2020, and I see uh, every, every logical reason, sensitivity, financially, yeah. that these names have to change. I think it's inescapable. I agree with you. So what do you so I think that we all agree about that. And I'm going to ask this question as a longtime Atlanta Braves fan. The Braves and and Bar you alluded to this. The Braves have, have essentially said we're not really looking at changing it. We think it's it, it basically honors Native Americans. Do you guys buy that? No. The reason why is because you hear that chant in the stands yep. all the time. And that is has been offensive to Native Americans. For a long time, they have said that. So, I mean, it's, it's one thing if you're going to call yourselves the Braves, okay, but then you're going to do the chant, uh, and, and that's going to cause a problem. And, and we're in a new era where we're gonna, we need to learn about each other's cultures and really sit down and have a discussion about many things. And, and I hope this will open a lot of eyes. What do you think about the Braves, Lynchy? I think if the Indians and Redskins change, I think the Braves have no choice but to change as, as well. I don't see how they can stand alone and stand apart and make a legitimate case for the Braves versus the Indians. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think back uh, across my history as a Braves fan, and I think I've, I may have mentioned this on the show before. I mean, there are clearly things that you go back in history and you just sort of wince when you think about – Chief Nakahoma back in the yeah. 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a real thing in the same way that Chief Wahoo was a thing uh, for the Indians and still pops up on some merchandise here and there. I mean, obviously, you've got it. There's no – you can't justify that, like, gone. It'll be interesting to see what the, what the Braves do. Uh, I tend to agree with you. I think it's probably inevitable. Um of course, the the chant that you reference, Barr, was actually lifted from the Florida State Seminoles, of right. course, uh, right. who who popularized it and, you know, have the whole ritual at the beginning of their football games where a guy dressed as a Native American rides out on a horse and throws a spear in the middle of the field and all the, the chanting happens. So it it's an inflection point for sure and we'll see uh we'll see where this all goes uh it's a heck of a time to be a sports fan even when there are no sports being played guys so i, I you know <laughs> we'll see i've got to end this just really quick on we need a happy note yes i laughed hard when this story came out i'm sure i won't be invited back to the bellagio ever again but i laughed very hard the, <laughs> the bellagio they they're taking sports bets because you know vegas has reopened and uh, so they took bets on uh, 
Chinese and Korean baseball games. And uh, the <laughs> they had the, the, the wagers starting between 1.30 a.m. and 3 a.m. for the Bellagio. The problem is the game started around 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. So people were cleaning up all over the place. One winner scored over $137,000 because he was making bets. They were betting on games that have already been played. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, yes, it was human error, and and, it, and the, the Vegas bookmakers, in fact, a lot of them said, we can't recall a time when we have taken a bigger loss when asked about this, uh, and they're going to eat it. So, <laughs> so I... Listen, I, stuff happens, but anytime you can beat the house as a gambler, I'm happy. Exactly. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the sting. Where's Robert yeah. Richard and Paul Newman? <laughs> that's right. Check your watches, boys. All right. Well, uh, that's a nice note to end on. You can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm Jason Kelly. Catch me on Twitter at Jason Kelly News. And I am Michael Barr. I'm at Big Bar Sports. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can catch me at Lynchy WCVB. And regardless of whether there's sports being played or not, we're going to be here talking about it. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio.